Thank you, Lord. Is it, am I on okay? Got it? Am I? Yeah, I was just going to say before Megan said that, I, I am not Pastor Ray. <laughs> Pastor Ray had some surgery on Thursday, and uh, so he called me Friday. He said, John, just, just in case, be ready. Just be prepared. I said, no problem. And then Saturday morning, I get a text from him. He said, really be ready. <laughs> just in case. I said, texted him back, hey, no problem if, if you're not ready. And then this morning, Ray said he's just feeling a little, still a little weak. So I said, yeah, no problem. I know God's got a word. So praise the Lord. You know, um, when David was playing up there, he was uh, just allowing us to soak in the Lord, you know, just so. The Lord showed me a picture. Years ago, I discovered this stuff called WD-40. It's a miracle stuff, miracle. Well, I remember somebody told me I had this, this stuff that I just couldn't get out. It could have been a nut, a nut or a nut, I don't know. But I just remember, just frozen. This thing was frozen. They said, you know, just spray some WD-40 on there. Let it sit for a couple hours, and you'll be surprised. And I looked at that thing, so I got some WD. I looked at that bolt, and I and the screw, whatever it was, I said, "There's no way this thing is in so tight. There's no oil that's going to penetrate this thing. It's, it's in there." But I said, "Yeah, heck." So I sprayed it on there. Seriously, a couple hours later, right away, came out the oil. See, it was the oil. Right now, the Lord just showed me a picture there. Some of our hearts, you know, they may be hard in certain situations, but it's the oil of the Holy Spirit. You may have a loved one that you say, wow, their heart is hard. Don't worry about it. The WD-40 Holy Spirit oil. Holy Spirit oil. Wow. God is so good. Well, anyways, uh, the... So I, I prayed yesterday, and, uh, you know, the Lord speaks to all of us. Remember that scripture I gave you last week uh, in Luke 4.18, which is also in Isaiah, where Jesus said, the Spirit, is a lot, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Whoops, what is that, what's going on? My what? Oh, okay. Is, is it on, or... Got it? Okay. It's it's still it's blinks, Bill. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Where was that? Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, you know that first part. And he says, <clears throat> "For he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to uh, preach the uh, to, to preach the deliverance to the captives." And uh, the, to the regaining of sight or recovery of sight to the blind. And to, uh, uh, what is it, uh, the oppressed, the bruised, the de deliverance to the bruised or something like that. Preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then I said to you, I said, you know, that same spirit that's on the Lord is in you. See, you're called to do that. So last week we talked a little bit about that. You're called, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. To preach that deliverance to them that are captive. To set at liberty them that are bruised. You're, you're called to do that. 
See, that's part of our, our job as Christians. And so this soaking, this anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit is all to prepare you to go out to the world, bring the message of the Lord. So yesterday I go, uh, after I got the text from Ray, I, I go, got in my car. I had to go someplace. I want to kind of lead into where I'm going here. Um, and did you ever have something that you had all, a lot, bunch of years and you didn't know you had it? <laughs> okay, I've got a t 2012, I drive a 2012 Toyota. And, um, <clears throat> you know, ever since Pandora's come out and all the other stuff, you know, it's like you don't need C CDs anymore. You know, it's kind of like they went the way of 8-tracks and cassettes, and I was with both of those. 8-tracks and cassettes, you know, had them all. And I wish I would have saved some of those 8-tracks, but I don't have them. But anyways, so the CDs, you know, um, quite a few years ago I had a bunch of CDs. I loved Christian music. And then my CD player broke, but then Pandora was around and my phone, so no need for CDs. Well, I discovered about four, five, six weeks ago that my car has a CD player in it, my, my, uh, my Toyota. You know, they're so small. Those little things, you can't, what's that? I don't know. I mean, it's got a CD player. I didn't know it had a CD player. So I said, I'm going to go look at some of my old tapes. So yesterday, I put this tape in, and uh, it was an old Christian worship tape, and it was like the Spirit of the Lord just came upon me. I just started praising the Lord, and he brought some things to mind that I believe I, I should share with you, that he wants me to share with you. Um, and so, uh, so one of the songs was, These Are the Days of Elijah. That's the song that really got me. So when I got home, I, I went to look it up, and that song was written in 1994. I forgot the guy's name, but anyways, he wrote it in 1994, and it wasn't until 1995 he came to church, and apparently he was maybe in music or something, probably was, because he was at the two services. He says, between the first and the second service, he said, I already had the words, but he said the Lord, through the message in the first, first service, gave him the melody and the tune, I guess, I'm not a musician, whatever that's called, you know, and to bring it all together. So he said in between services, he did that at the kitchen of the church. And then he comes back for the second service and taught it to the church and led the church. And he thought that was only for the church. It was just a song for the church. He had no intention of you know, marketing the thing, but the Lord marketed it. And it went all over, not just the United States, it went all, all over the world. So here's this song. These are the days of Elijah. Now, I wanted to, so I, I went up and I said, Lord, you know, I want to see that song on YouTube. So I went to YouTube and what came up on YouTube was what Bill is going to show right now. So Bill, are you ready to show that? Okay. I want you to show this because there's, there's significance in what this is.
I thought that was so awesome. Those are the United States Marines. Wow. The Holy Spirit moves even in our armed forces. Awesome. I love, I, I'll go to battle with those guys. I'll go to battle with those guys. Man, it was good. You know, I mentioned earlier, I didn't know I had that CD player. It's like kind of all of us. We don't know we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Christ within you. You've got things, those gifts. God is bringing them out. I want to go over a couple of the words in that song because I think it's important. This actually, this song is prophetic. Even though it was written 1994, it was written for today. It's a prophetic song. Just a couple of things declaring the word of the Lord I underline. Righteousness being restored. Righteousness being restored in you and I and our nation around the world. Righteousness is being restored. But it also said these, day, these are great days of trials, of famine and darkness and sword. Still, we are the voice in the desert crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. You see, even through the midst, God is waking us up. God is waking you up. How many are woken up? Raise your hand. You're woken up. So a couple of you are still sleeping. That's okay. God will wake you up. See, God is doing a new thing. God is not, he's not a God that's asleep. He's not asleep. If you're missing the things of God today, you're asleep. God is waking you up so that you can be involved in the army of God. I showed that to you because we're an army. We're a mighty army in prayer. We're a mighty army together. You saw those guys together. That's what the Lord's army is, together. And so your family is together. Your church family is together. The body of Christ is together. There's no schisms. And it's a, a body that will go to battle and be victorious. So, anyways, but there will be great trials and tribulations. Say, behold, he comes riding in the clouds, shining in the sun at the trumpet's call. The trumpet's blowing right now calling us to these battles. Lift your voice for the year of Jubilee. It's, it's no coincidence that this year, it was back started in October, the Jewish calendar of 5777 is the year of Jubilee. It's the Jewish calendar. Started in October. See, that 577 is a prophetic thing. Ray, I don't know if you remember this. Kathy reminded me of this. Back in the uh, early to mid-90s when we used to once in a while, go up to Bible Temple. They had prophetic ministries up there. One of the words, it was a strong word, talked about this year 5777, which is the year 2017 for us, and how God is going to be miraculously moving in a powerful and mighty way. Things are going to be changed and shaken like never before. Folks, this is the year. This is the... We're, we're talking about... 5777 in the Jewish calendar being a very prophetic year. So this is a year to be excited about. And these are the days of the harvest. The harvest. See, this is what it's talking about. The harvest. The fields are all, uh, all white in your world. And we are the laborer, laborers that are in your vineyard. We're the laborers declaring the word of the Lord. Wow. The Lord has put it in your mouth to declare the word of the Lord at the workplace, in your family, on Facebook, 
wherever you go, not to be timid anymore, but to declare the word of the Lord. Now, not to declare garbage. Remember, there's a lot of garbage you can declare too. And I'm talking, you know, if we get in the flesh, you know, it's easy to get in the flesh. We can spew out. And I talked a little bit about that last week. We can spew out stuff that is not of the Lord. (laughs) I mean, even though it sounds to be righteous, seems to be righteous, we got to be real careful there. But we're going to spew out God's word. (laughs) It's going to be good. And it's going to change lives because we're not going to be timid in bringing the blessings of the Lord, the ways of the Lord. Oh, the ways of the Lord. They're so good. So good. Okay, and uh, lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee. See, 5777 is the year of Jubilee. Jubilee is freedom. You know, it's a, it's a fresh start. You know that? Jubilee is a fresh start. It's a fresh start for you. It's a fresh start for this nation. It's a fresh start for the world. It's a fresh start in God's kingdom for this church. It's a fresh start for the body of Christ. This is new. I'm excited. Do I sound excited? Good, I hope I do. Out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. And then, of course, it ends, there's no God like Jehovah. Now, a couple different versions. There's different versions of that song. There's different endings, different artists that put different endings. Uh, And they're all good, but I kind of like that one. Now, the Lord brought me to Jehoshaphat. Now, don't get too uh, uptight here. <laughs> We're going into the Old Testament. <laughs> going, oh, the Old Testament. Rules, regulations, laws, you know. No, love, Old Testament's good. It's got some good stuff, man. We learn from here. But we're going to read a little bit about Jehoshaphat, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what Jehoshaphat did and didn't do and how kind of that applies to our life and what God is asking of us in these days. And really, I can kind of summarize it as I did last week. Obedience. (laughs) Obedience to his word. And he'll pour out his love and blessings upon you. But anyways, I wanted you to be a little cautious. And before I get into Jehoshaphat, I want to give you a reason why I'm going to Jehoshaphat. Okay, yesterday I told you I was in the car and I put that beautiful song in, you know. And did you ever come to... A red light. There's a red light that I came to. The street has three lanes. Then there's on the left, there's two lanes that turn off, two turning lanes. And on the right, there's a lane. This this is a kind of a wide street, you know. There's a, on the right, there's a lane that turns off. And so when you know when you come to a light, if you have a red light, um, you stop, right? Everybody stops at a red light, okay? Anybody ever roll to a red light? <laughs> Anticipating it's going to turn green? Well, I've, I've done that. But fortunately, yesterday, I did not do that. Um, I'm coming in, you know, and I'm praising the Lord. Hallelujah. I love this song. And there's two cars over here and one car over here. And I think one or two turning and one over there. It was just cars except for this one spot for me to come right in the middle of everybody. So... I'm coming up, and, you know, I'm not a fast driver, but I'm not a real slow driver either. And I'm coming up, and I'm I'm starting to brake, and all of a sudden, you know when you come, before I get to that, you know when you come to a light, all the the cars are not lined up perfectly even. Some are up a couple of feet ahead of the others. 
Some had gone a little bit too far. Well, fortunately, again, the Lord was with me. I didn't go far because I didn't see what was coming. But I'm coming in and I all of a sudden caught something and I put my brakes on real hard. And about there was four, yeah, four little girls right across the street. Now, they came right across the street and it was legal because the light was red. Now, I'm going to explain something here. Why am I talking about this? And they're going to Jehoshaphat. These little girls, and I'm going to guess they were about the ages from five to eight, something like that. Happy smiles. They were running and full speed. I wish I could run that fast. They ran full speed right in front of me off to the other side. And I went, wow. I said, I am so thankful that I didn't try to come up and beat that light. I could have injured severely four little girls. Now, why am I saying this? Well, I'm saying this because these girls, they had the right of way. You know, there's those signs, that, and I'm sure these girls were looking at it where, you know, they have the stop, don't go, or I forgot what the, then the other one is go or something. Whatever that is, they were probably looking at that. And they didn't care about the traffic. They were at the side. So they had all the right of way to go. And they just took off. They were doing the right thing. Fortunately, I was doing the right thing. And I, you know, I didn't try to get up there like I could have. But they never looked. And, you know, I really wasn't paying attention either. Now, why do I say that? I say the Lord showed me right away. He said, I want you to go to Jehoshaphat, and I want you to tell the people, even though you're doing a good thing, be aware, the enemy is around you, and to use your peripheral vision. You see, you see, in the spirit, your peripheral vision in the spirit. Now, if the Lord calls you like he did Peter, come out to the water, Peter. What did Peter do? He went. He had that faith. He went. He heard from the Lord. But I remember, too, I think it was Ananias when Paul was supposed to go and Ananias was supposed to lay hands on him. Was that Ananias? I think it was. He was supposed to lay hands on him. And Ananias says, Lord, are you sure? This guy is the one who's been persecuting the church. He's been killing us. And you want me? You see, he heard from the Lord, but he had a little peripheral vision to come into play because he wanted to be sure. Is this is the way, if this is what I'm to do, Lord, I will do it. But I want to be, sh- be sure. I want to confirm it, you know, just like the throwing out the fleece. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, we know about the fleece story. You know, I, I want to be sure, Lord. I want to be sure. So, of course, the Lord re- reassured him. It's fine. You're going to lay hands on him. He's going to recover. He's going to preach the gospel. Da-da-da-da-da-da. You see, there are times when you're to go forward. But there are times when you're to say, wait a second, Lord, what do you want me to do? I told this story once before. I'll tell it real quickly. I remember we were going looking for homes. We've been looking for homes a number of years. And in 1999, uh, we went up, we found a home that we, we thought we wanted in McKinney. And so we get up there and the papers, you know, you have to sign papers. The papers were all ready for us to fill out. Because we had done all the negotiating. We, did, we got all that out, out of the way. Negotiated the price. Everything was fine. Got cleared for a mortgage. The whole bit. Everything was fine. 
And then the day of signing comes when you hand over the 2000 or 5000 or whatever it happened to be to say, you're sure you're going through with this. So the lady's there on the other side, Kathy are on this side of the desk, and she's going over that. And as she's going over the paperwork, I just felt the Spirit of the Lord come in and say, you can't sign. And I remember her saying, okay, here it is, signed, you know, let's get your check. And I stood up and I said, Kath, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. We can't sign. Kathy looked at me like, oh, what, 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 what? Because she really wanted this house. <laughs> I says, we can't. I said, Spirit of the Lord told me I can't sign. And the lady looks at me, the Spirit of the Lord told you you can't sign. And I remember going, what, what, what's the problem? Did I do something wrong? She was saying, <laughs> did I do something wrong? No, it's the, it, you didn't do anything wrong. It's the Spirit of the Lord. You see, you, you hear the voice of the Lord and you stop. There'll be times in your life, and the reason I say that, because there's going to be times in your wife, life where it's a good thing. I mean, you know, you're going to buy that car or buy that house or that TV set or whatever it is, you know? Or you're going to go here or go there. You're going to go on vacation here. You're going to move here or move there or whatever. You know, it, it's okay. God will speak to you and He'll tell you, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, walk ye in it. But if you have that check in your spirit, the Holy Spirit says, don't go there. Hey, you don't want to go there. <laughs> you don't want to go there. I've been there. I've disobeyed the Holy Spirit. I've been there. You don't want to go there. So anyways, God, that same year, brought a better house at a better price in a better neighborhood with more amenities to us. It was like, wow, thank you, Lord. Patience. I remember we got home that night. Kathy wasn't so happy. Uh, we talked it over, and then she finally understood. She goes, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And she prayed about it, and she had the peace too then. You're, you're right, John. It wasn't the right thing to do. So anyways, hearing the voice of the Lord. And so how does that bring me to Jehoshaphat? I just want to read a little bit to you in Jehoshaphat. Uh, and I want to set the prelude or you know, preface here. Uh, Jehoshaphat's father was a godly king, King Asa. You know where they say the kings in the beginning, they say, uh, and he did right in the sight of the Lord. You know, a lot of them he did, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Well, this one, his dad, they did right inside the Lord. But you know, how many know that we're human? Do you know we're human? <laughs> how many in here think because we're human, we can make a mistake? Yeah, all of us. Yeah, we're, we're there. You know, there's nobody perfect here. Billy Graham's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Everybody, as it says in Romans, you know, as is written, is none righteous, no, not one. So we know that. We know that by grace we're saved, etc., but King Azah was a good king, and he did everything good, and he defeated the Ethiopians, I guess it was, or something. But then when they get to a war with Basha, he forgets about calling to the Lord. He forgets about calling. You see, we could get to the point where we can forget about calling on the Lord because, hey, I've been there. Hey, I'm educated. I, you know, I almost have my... PhD, I dropped out because there was no online classes back then, and I had to do a year of residency, and I was never able to do that because I would have had to take off for a year to finish my PhD. But hey, anyways, you know, I'm pretty smart. I've got it. I've done this before. No problem. I could do that. But 
if we don't pray about it, your smart's not going to get you too far. <laughs> if you don't hear from the Lord, I don't care how smart you are, it's not going to get you where you should be and where the blessings abound. So Asa, what did he do? He went, he got the money of his treasury. Hey, I got the money in the bank. I'm going to go send it over to these foreigners to come in and help me. And so that's what he did. And the Lord said, he threw, threw a prophet. He come in and he said, he said, man, because you did that, I'm paraphrasing, of course. He didn't say man. But he said, hey, you know, why did you do that, the prophet said. He said, you could have prayed about this, asked the Lord, but instead you went to your treasury and now, because you said that, you're going to have war for a long time. So that was his dad. Now Jehoshaphat comes along, and he becomes king. His dad dies. And it says in verse 17, and I'll just go over a couple of things briefly. Jehoshaphat, his son, uh, then became king in his place and made his position over Israel firm. He placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which... Asa, his father, uh, had captured. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. And I underline this doubly because he followed the example of his father, David, earlier days and did not seek the Baals. And the Baals were, you could say, the world. He did not seek the world. But he sought the God of his father, followed his commandments, and did not act as Israel did. Now, remember, he was the king of Judah. Israel was the other tribes. So there was Israel and Judah at this time. They were divided. So the Lord established a kingdom in his control, and all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he had great riches and honor. And he took great pride in the ways of the Lord, and again removed the high places in the ashram from Judah. So removing the high places, and Ray's talked about this numerous times before, basically, you know, the idol worship of the day. A lot of idol worship, just like we have today. We have idol worship. You know, we have so many idol worships. I mean, I don't even go into it. And this is not to count. Remember, I talked briefly about um, Flip Benham last week and, and how that uh, Norma McCorvey got saved, who is the originator of the Roe versus Wade uh, abortion issue in this country. And she got saved and preaching the gospel to this day. She's standing for the Lord. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's a God of convenience, you know, that people look to. And they don't understand. And I'm not condemning people. People, we all make mistakes. And God's mercy and grace flows. But there's a God out there that blinds the eyes of people. And so the God of convenience, you know, what's convenient now as opposed to what does God want? What, this precious life, what can God turn this precious life into? You see, and, and I know for years I didn't understand that. When I was growing up, before, uh, before I came to know, know the Lord, I had blinders on my eyes. So there many issues that we face today, I was blinded to. I thought, you know, hey, I've got a compassionate heart. You know, all these things are, are let them do what they want to do. But see, when we start understanding God's heart, God's heart is that, man, I want to bless my people. And to bless my people, there are certain things that when they do or don't do, They'll either be blessed or reap consequences. So anyways, Asa, mighty man of God, had done all the things he was supposed to do, tore down the evil worshiping of the day. So you would think everything would be fine at that point, right? Because God said, 
hey, this is my man, Jehoshaphat. Hey, look at my man, Jehoshaphat. He's really good. He's really a man of God. Well, as we go on, and I'm not going to read it to you, but there was a king of Israel in the days of Jehoshaphat. His name was Ahab. Everybody's heard of Ahab and Jezebel and the spirit that was brought with them. And, well, the problem was for Jehoshaphat, he, was a little, he got a little older. He was in the kingdom for a while. Everything was going great. And along the way, Jehoshaphat did some foolish things. How many have done foolish things? Raise your hand. All of us, we've all done foolish things. I can raise both my hands. So I'm not saying Jehoshaphat, you know, Jehoshaphat, how could you do that? Well, I mean, how could we do that? We've all done it. So Jehoshaphat did a couple foolish things, actually probably three, to, three foolish things. One is that uh, for relationship with that other kingdom, with Ahab, he had his son marry the daughter of Ahab. You see, back in those days, and they still do it today, families do it, rich families. You know, you look at the world, and if you look at the heritage of, especially in Europe, you see, man, there's a lot of intermingling here. It's like the kings from England and the, the kings from Germany and France, and they're all related. It's like, they see, they're all, it's like, wow, you look at me crazy. It's true, I'm telling you. It's true. Go to your history books. So anyways, you know, they want to form an alliance. So he has them, you know, this way, hey, we'll be buddies, you know. That was one mistake, of course. And then later on in his life, he did another alliance where, you know, they were going to build ships, and the Lord destroyed all his ships because he says, no, you made an unholy alliance here. But the one I want to focus on is the one with Ahab when he goes to visit Ahab. And Ahab, when he goes to visit Ahab, Ahab, the ungodly, matter of fact, if you look at, when you read the Bible, you'll see that Ahab was about as evil as evil comes. He was an evil dude. Well, Ahab invites him over, and Jehoshaphat with his entourage comes over, and they have a big feast. It was kind of like a sucker, you know? You bring the sucker in, give him the big feast, and then you tell him what you want to do, you know? And then what happened is he said, hey, would you go to war with me against Ramoth Gilead here, you know? And right away, his Jehoshaphat's guard was down. His peripheral vision, the peripheral vision was down temporarily. And <laughs> he said, sure, you know, you and me, we're the same. You know, we're Jewish. Oh, yeah, you know, we're brothers. We're the same. Again, I'm paraphrasing. You've got to read it for yourself. But that's what he's basically saying. So we're the same. Yeah, let's do it. But then he said, oh, by the way, he said, Jehoshaphat finally came to his senses a little bit. He says, are there any prophets <laughs> that can say, hey, this is okay to go up to Ramoth Gilead? He goes, oh, and, and Ahab goes, yeah, I got 400 prophets. Of course, they're all paid. His 400 prophets, you know. He didn't say they were real prophets, but they were on his payroll. 400 of them, and they all come before, and they start prophesying. One even had the horns, you know. You're going to go out and win, and they're just going to gore them like a, like a bull, you know. God is with you. Go for it. Well, then Jehoshaphat's kind of catching on a little bit, said, wait, wait a second, these are all your prophets. Is there no prophet of the Lord here? <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, there's one prophet. Ah, I hate this guy. Micaiah or something like that. I say Micaiah, but I think it's Micaiah. 
Mackay area or something like that. You could look that up too. It's there in 18. He said, yeah, I got, but this guy, he always prophesies bad. He's always bad. He tells me things that I don't want to hear. Now, has anybody ever told you anything you don't want to hear? I'm going to stop there for a second and say, sometimes those things you don't want to hear is what you need to hear. I know in, in my field, I, I deal with many, many people. and Probably one of the biggest things comes my way. People always ask questions on fitness and health. And how do I stay fit? How do I stay health, healthy? How do I lose weight? Now, in some, how do I gain weight? So there's questions on both sides. So uh, I always give the accurate information, as accurate as I know it, from the research that I do. I give accurate information. But surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, probably less than 10% ever actually do what I tell them to do. (laughs) You know why? Because people want the miracle pill. (laughs) They want the miracle pill. They want it now. They don't want to process. They want the miracle pill now. They don't want to have to do any physical exertion or... They don't want to have to change their habits, whether it be eating habits, lifestyle habits, or whatever. So I always give the information. It's not always received. But I find that those that do receive it, they always come back a year later, two years later, five years later, email me or something. Thank you, coach. What you said changed my life. I took it to heart. I wish I could say that for everybody, but it doesn't happen. Well, Getting back to Jehoshaphat here, you know, is there a real prophet? Is there a real prophet here? And Ahab didn't want to hear the real prophet. But he finally said, yeah, okay, let's get him. Go get him. You know, he's probably in a dungeon somewhere. Go get him. Bring him out here. I know he's not going to say anything good about me. And so he comes out and he heard what all the prophets had said. And they said, you better prophesy good for him or you're going to go, you know, back to the can. You know, you prophesy something good. And he said, I can only prophesy what the Lord tells me to do or say. That's the only thing I can prophesy. So he gets up there and then they say, okay, you know, what, what do you think? Micaiah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him Micaiah for short, okay? What do you say, say Micaiah? Micaiah looks at him and he looks at Ahab and he goes, sure, sure, sure. He said it sarcastically. Yeah, go ahead. You're going to get... Victory. Now, I'm saying it that way because as you read it, you can tell it was with a little sarcasm. Like, yeah, go ahead. You don't care what I have to say. Why are you asking me? Go ahead. Do what your 400 prophets have told you. And then when he said that, then Ahab knew right away. He said, see, I told you. He was going to say something bad about me, you know. And he said, get him, you know, take him away and... Put him in the dungeon. Well, of course, before he left, he said, he said, if, if you come back this day, then the Lord hasn't spoken to me. <laughs> if you come back this day, you, the Lord hasn't spoken to me. And then to the other prophets, he said something like, yeah, and you're going to, I forgot exactly how he said it, but anyways, he said, you're not going to be uh, real uh, liked around here. <laughs> you're going to be exposed. <laughs> Because you guys are false prophets. So they sent him back to jail. And Jehoshaphat listened to this. And doesn't say this in the Bible. But I'm thinking that 
his ears must have perked up a little bit. And he said, I am not too sure about this. But even though he wasn't too sure about it, remember me signing that paper? I wasn't so sure, and I walked away. Well, he didn't walk away. He said he's going to go into battle. And Ahab said, hey, by the way, I'm not going to dress up as a king. (laughs) I'm going to go as a regular person. But I want you to have your kingly robes on. You think Ahab knew, knew something? So they go out to battle, and it says that the other, the enemy, they already knew their goal. Don't go after the little guys. Don't go after the little guys. Go after the one in the robes, the king. Now I stop there and say this is what the enemy does. Enemies going after in our homes, the leader of our home. Men, it's more importantly for you now than ever to stand strong in your home, to intercede on your behalf of your family because the enemy is trying to take out the man. He's trying to take out the leadership in every position, in the church, in the home, in the nation. The enemy will try to take out the leaders. Don't go after the little. Now, that's not to say he's not going to attack you too. Remember the weak ones in, uh, when the wolves go attack uh, to try to get their food, they always go for the weak ones. That happens too. But in this particular case, man, he said, if we can knock out the king, we win right away. See, if they can knock out the father, they win right away. The enemy does. That's why my bur- my, our burden in this church and, and Pastor Ray's and mine and others here is to see men flourish, that their homes will become places of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ and their families will f- flourish too. Not just in this church, but the body of Christ in general. So <clears throat> they start going after the one with the robes and that, who was, who was that? That was Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Jehoshaphat. And you can read it again. I like what it says. You know, he said, basically he said, whoa, they're coming after me. And he started to flee. Now, fortunately, they recognized that it was not King Ahab. And they stopped the pursuit. And somehow, King Ahab got a, had a chink in his armor. And one of the arrows mortally wounded him. He was killed in the battle. But Jehoshaphat learned a great lesson from that. The great lesson, and as he went back, and and I think I'm going to read real briefly here, because when he went back in in chapter 18, um, he went back, he had some reforms, and he appointed judges in the land uh, in all the forfeited cities and said to the judges, consider that you are do- what you are doing, for you do not judge for man, but for the Lord who is with you when you render judgment. You see, he changed some things when he went back. Judges, you're not judging for man. You're judging for the Lord. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be very careful what you do. For the Lord our God will have no part in unrighteousness or partiality. You know, partiality is unrighteousness. You know, like in the government, when they award favors to lobbyists or whatever, or, you know, districts, you know, that goes on all the time. I'm telling you right now, God is stopping that now. It is going to be exposed, and things are being exposed already. On both sides of the aisle, 
The left and the right, things God is exposing. He's exposing judgeships in this nation. There will be righteousness once again. That judges will rule based on righteousness which comes out of God's word. And he says, have no part in unrighteousness or partiality or taking of a bribe. Or taking of a bribe. Wow. Taking of a, of a bribe. He goes on and right after that he has a great victory. He seeks the Lord. God gives him a victory over Moab. But then at the end of his life again, he, and I'll read it br- real briefly here, it says, um, because, and after, and after this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel. He was another evil king. He acted wicked, wickedly in so doing. And this is at the end of his life. So he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish. And they made the ships in Ezion Geber. And then Elizier, the son of Dodovia of Marash, prophesied against Jehoshaphat. So a prophet comes to him and said, Because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord has destroyed your works. So the ships were broken and could not go to Tarshish. So the Lord, right then and there, said, how, I, I've taught you a number of times. How can you go back and screw up again? Well, we can do that. We're human. So he destroyed the ships. Now, it doesn't uh, say exactly how he destroyed those ships, and I, I don't know. But they were destroyed. So that alliance, that ungodly alliance that was made, was made without seeking the Lord. And so we want to make sure we do that. This morning in devotions, and I'm going to close here, um, Kathy and I were, were doing devotions, and there's this Oswald Chambers uh, to the utmost highest or something like that. He's got great, he, he, he's a deep thinker, really deep. Well, today's uh, the 22nd of January, the devotion had this quote, and I wanted to read this quote to you because it's, it's very, it ties in with what I've been saying. Here's the quote by, by him, by Oswald Chambers. Troubles nearly always make us look to God. Everybody has that, right? You know, where there's troubles, yeah, we look to God. But look at this part. His blessings are apt to make us look elsewhere. His blessings are apt to make us look elsewhere. Now, I'm not bringing this in any way, shape, or form to be a negative word. To say, be careful, you know, the boogeyman's over there. It's not that word. What this word is that as you stay close to the Lord, you will prosper. I'm guaranteeing you because God's word says it. You're just not going to prosper in the physical. You know, financially, that's how we think of prosperity. Your marriage is going to prosper. You're going to prosper in your relationship with the Lord in the spirit. Your physical well-being is going to prosper. You're going to prosper going in, coming out. You're going to be blessed all over. Now here's the danger in blessings. The danger in blessing is that you forget to seek the Lord in every decision you make. So the word I bring to you today is not a word of judgment or condemnation in any way. It's a word of warning, peripheral vision, just like you can see something's coming over here, something's coming over here. 
Don't be so narrow-sighted that you can't see the whole picture. And as you seek the Lord this year in 2017, as you pray and seek His face, you are going to see some things happening unbelievably supernatural in your life. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, the worship today was just double, triple anointing today. You know, and it actually it started even in prayer. There was some worship going on on the video screen. It was just tied right into the worship today. Thank you, Lord. Father, you see your people. Every one of them righteous by the blood of the Lamb. I don't see anybody here that's new. If I'm wrong, then let me know because I want you to come up afterwards and I want to pray with you for you to experience the blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ through salvation. So if there's anybody, please come up afterwards. But also if there's anybody that just needs prayer. Last week I, I mentioned at the end of the service and that how important it is for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. James has been teaching on that. That's a very important issue. Very important. You need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit to have that power to go out. That one song was saying, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go, but I can't go without you, Lord. Where you send me, Lord, I will go. Where you take me, Lord, I'll go. But Lord, I've got to be going with, with you. How many want the Lord to be with them? Raise your hand. I'm, raise both hands. Lord, you see those hands. Every one of these people, myself included, we want the Lord to go with us. This week to work, family, vacation, whatever we're doing, grocery store, I don't care, whatever it is. Lord, you see those hands. So Father, I just pray a supernatural anointing on each one, filled with your Holy Spirit to serve you. Lord, just pour out your blessings on these people, this congregation. And Lord, those that we're interceding for, we want, uh, to, want you to know that we will do whatever it takes in our prayer life to make sure that those people and situations are lifted up to you, that you will take care of them in your time and due season. So Father, we thank you for this congregation. We thank you for the opportunity to be here today to worship you in spirit and in truth. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. And we just thank you for everything. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is great. Church, you have a great day. God is good. If there is anybody that needs prayer, you come up here and we're going to pray for you right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We do pray, Pastor Ray, that you be healed quickly. Supernatural healing quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.